All right, bro. You you ready to podcast? I am ready to do a podcast. Coming to you live from the Southwestern Bag Studio. Regular, regular shit here. This is the number one mixtape program on the internet. Niggas pod day. Goddamn, that nigga is ready. I'm in this bitch. Never will I wish you a Halle Berry. I'm in this bitch. If he's jumping in my vagina, he doesn't care what my shoes look like. I'm in this bitch. Negro, quit playing and come and get yourself dipped in this butter. Nearly as long as it normally be, because I feel like the things I wrote down will talk about so much that there's no way. It's no, it's no way. Out of the question. All right. Damn, Welcome to the dip. I already thought about that. I got all that shit out of the way. Welcome to the dipped in butter program. Good morning. Good evening. Happy Tuesday. Happy Pod Day. Whenever it is that you're checking us out, we're happy to have you here. We are happy to be here. This is the number one mixtape podcast on the internet. This is the number one Toys Are Back in Cereal Boxes podcast on the internet. Big ups to General Mills on that, man. We appreciate the little things you do around here. And if ain't nobody told General Mills he's special today, we want to tell him today that he is special. Across from me is my guy. That's your guy. His name is Wes, but there's no T on that thing. And if he has to tell you again, it's going to certainly be a problem. We call him around here the motherfucking goddamn glue. Better yet, we call him Forever Young 89 on all the Instagrams and the Twitters and the tickety talks and all the little things that the kids do, but he don't really pay attention to like that. But most importantly, we call him our motherfucking friend. What's going on, my guy? Uh, you know, regular degular shit here, uh, you know, ready to d- deliver the news to the folks every week like we do here on the Dipped and Butter program. And like, not to get too far left out the gate, like really like telling people my name is Wes No T really like gives a lot of clarification of what my name is like. And I just want to put that out there on record that it really works in real life. It's not just a podcast joke. However, nice. here with my guy across from me with the hottest taste in the United States, that is Cat, a K with two T's on the end of that thing. You can catch my man on CatandCrunch.com where you can dip into the cereal shit where apparently it's toys back in the box. So I it's know it got to be some, it got to be some content on the way. I know my nigga loves cereal. But like, I'm just gonna I'm gonna put it out there in the earth that is content on the way because my nigga's opening cereal boxes with toys in it. Um, you can also catch my nigga at readytotalk.com slash dipped and butter program because he's got a short list and he's ready to talk today. Um, and most and more importantly, here each and every Tuesday on the dipped and butter program, uh, wherever podcasts are placed because that's where these motherfuckers be at. Like, I ain't even gonna front to you. I put it like six places and it ends up on like twelve or thirteen. Twelve. <laughs> so like, um. Yeah, that's where we be at. Listen to us, fuck with us, because we fuck with y'all. My nigga and yours was popping. Bro, when that first popped off, I was excited and concerned all at <laughs> once. Because I remember when we got our RSS, when you hooked us up with that, and we was finally on an Apple podcast. Yeah. And as soon as we hit Apple podcast, we was on like four or five other things I had never heard of. Yeah. And my first, my frontal lobe said, that's tight. We need the exposure. But my backal lobe said, 
this is concerning, bro. What else do they have of mine? What else do they have that I don't have? know? Like this is this is uh, one of those amendments at fucking work right now. That's what that is. So Damn, it's just so, going wherever it can be placed, and I'm I'm cool with that. Whatever. Listen, none of us really know what we're agreeing to when we check the box. We just want the shit to start working. We just click because agree. it's a ploy, like they do it in real life, and they do it on the internet. Why do Why do they have to make the words smaller in that section? <laughs> bro, if you want me you to read it. You'll lay it this out is not, to me. Fam, this is not a topic, but we always stumble on the <laughs> best shit because, like, that's one of those very interesting circumstances where it's so naturally obvious that it's a jig, but the jig is so good that it don't even need to hide itself. Like, no. that's robbery. That's getting robbed in plain sight. Like, like I kind of love it you when s- a jig is that clean. You sign up for shit. You see the small letters. And what you really say to yourself is, I know it's some bullshit in here, but I ain't reading it. And you check the fucking box and you move around the application or whatever it is that you signing up for. It's really sick how they've conditioned this. This is how I know that we meant to pod together because I have a similar but slightly different reaction whenever I see the, you know, click box to agree to the terms. Yeah. My brain always goes, well, if they want me, they're going to get me anyway. <laughs> like, I swear they to already, God, I say They that already to got myself. me. I'm just adding to what they already got. It's like your school file. It go with you all throughout your life. Yeah. They just adding. They got my school file from my school when I graduated from my, from my K through 12. And now they just adding all my internet uh, discrepancies and, you know negative shit into that folder is just gonna follow me through the rest of my life until i die like me me and you both be on the internet whether it be for like researching for podcast purposes listening to podcasts fucking around whatever the case may be and i'm sure you've heard or run into this saying like this joke has been going on for the last few years i've heard it several times from several different outlets about how you know the algorithms know everything about you google has all your information and then it all the, the the joke always goes dot 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 they even know what porn you like. Now, this is early to be visiting porn in the show. We normally <laughs> don't talk early. it this very, early. We're not going to get too deep. It's early. But that always used to make me laugh how the joke is always dot, dot, dot. They also even know what kind of porn you like. But it's a real thing. And I, I think that that is concerning in ways that our brains can't even wrap around yet, right? Like, we know the algorithm is tricky enough to be like listening to you while you talking with your phone in your pocket or listening on on your text messages to sell you shit. But I don't even think our brains are ready to even fathom what information the internet gets from your Pornhub searches, bro. Like, that's got to be a whole nother level of diabolical evil, bro. The only only way that I'm going to say... but again, no, because like you say, if you go to Pornhub, which again, we've discussed, you probably should not you go there, be there because it's just Walmart for porn. You shouldn't like, be there. Have they're more gonna, taste. On, their, on, on the center aisle pieces in Pornhub, they're going to show you stepson, stepmother fucking porn. And that's just not what you want. That's just like the cookies that you bypass that be on that aisle as soon as you walk in. You'd be like, ah, I used to do that. but Y'all trying to sell me that. those yeah, too hard. That's how I know I don't want those, Way right? too hard. That's exactly how eat, I, I know I don't man. want those joints. But like... You know they got to be influencing your porn a little bit because they influence the rest of the ads and the shit on your phone, fam. Like, I shit you not, bro. See? Like, I was going to I'm a dispensary. To I was going to a dispensary out here, fam. And across from the dispensary is this furniture warehouse, nigga. I can't even call it a store. It's a warehouse. This motherfucker. Like, it's like, a mega building bro, with this, chairs and love Fam, seats. this joint is like 10, 20,000. I could be underestimating it, but it's huge. It's a warehouse <laughs> full of furniture, <laughs> Too dog, many square real. feet. Way too many. Like... I gotta sit down. Is that on the some name of, the of it? Too many square feet furniture. <laughs> it should be, but like, <laughs> I gotta sit down because my knee and my ankle hurt 
from too much goddamn walking in the square feet. Like, and this was fresh after, you know, I'm, I found a blood clot in my leg. My leg was still hurting. I'm like, hey, I gotta, I gotta slow this track. I gotta sit on some of this furniture. I gotta test some of this shit out. But like, no, no cap, 10, 20,000 square feet of furniture. But like, always drove past this building, never went. Me and my wife decided to go one day. And after that, it just be in all of the ads on the shit that like on my World Star app. Like it just be See, in places that it was never in before. And it's like, yo, this is really just dis- the place. The place fam. I went. The that place that we went to, to is disgusting. It's disgusting. That's good. I had to, like, I, fam, it was so disgusting. I had to screenshot it and send it to my wife. Like, babe, these was never in my phone ever before we went. Like, I just want to let you know they're still watching. But here's what's concerning to me about your story, right? Because there's more than just a little bit concerning. Because, <laughs> sure, our minds are ready to deal with the fact that your phone is in your pocket. You're talking about furniture to your wife while y'all are walking around looking at ottomans and such, right? Mm. But it, it's so many layers of how the a- algorithm owns us that not only is it listening to you in your pocket, but your phone has a built-in GPS that's oh, yeah, telling absolutely. the map where you're standing Yeah, where at. I'd be at, for sure. Like, yeah. Bro, they were in here for 45 to 65 minutes. So it go knows, ahead and shoot it them knows the, the route I walked around the store. It knows they the route saw, I walked around the store, fam. Like based on the placement of the furniture warehouse, they somebody, know what shit you look at. If somebody really wanted to know, they could know what furniture I sat on in the goddamn store. Like if they and like that's how you know that's that's the government for your ass. Like I was just watching, of course, nine eleven just passed and shit. So I've been watching like shit surrounding that, and you know the one joint that I watched on Netflix, which was really good. Um, Shout you know, out to nine eleven. Is that? I don't. It's kind of rough. Um, we'll take that. But off. they was, but they was talking about how you know all the shit kind of came out of that, and you know when they signed over this whole Freedom Patriot Act, Patriot Act, whatever the hell it's called. Um, you know that was wrapped up in it, and how much information they started gathering, fam. So like, again, if they wanted to, they could, they they could know which furniture you sat on, which they they they'd get you, and that's how they like find people these days because again like like you say like i signed up for this i checked the box i ain't really read the box but like fam they got everything already like they got everything they need yeah bro. like they, they really don't everything. even need our consent they got it no. all which is why i just sat on down and let them poke me with the needle bro because <laughs> they got they it all the already. ouchie ouchie baby give it up like <laughs> they got it. it all already whether like, they shot so me up with people. something or nothing my arm hurt that day and i, I got yeah. it so <laughs> And I, I, I'm not here to rag on anybody that doesn't want the vaccine. Like, I'm at I'm at the point with it. I don't like none of the rules they making about niggas losing their jobs behind not having a vaccine. I'm not with yeah, that shit. Yeah, that shit's kind of crazy. I'm pro-vaccine. I'm anti that. But it's just like, when you look at some of this shit that we are already wrapped up in, like, we are fully wrapped up in all kind of other shit. The vaccine is kind of the least of my worries these days, bro. Like, at least that's True. a physical ailment. Like, if my heart started beating too fast, which more to come with my heart beating too fast later in the podcast, but if my heart started beating too fast, I know who to see about that. But like, if my phone jumps out my pocket and starts running down the hallway, I don't know who to call. Like, who do you call about? Who do you, Wes, stop laughing and answer my question. Who do you call about your phone jumping out of your pocket, running down a hallway, getting in your Ford F-150 and driving off? Like, who do you call? Ghostbusters has to be the only answer. <laughs> that that's probably the right call. The only See, this answer. is why we pod together. You have the answers. I only have questions. I got <laughs> another thing for you, bro. So I've been trying to talk to you about this for the last few weeks, but we just pod so fluently, like I'd never get to the list. And I wrote it at the top of the list this week because I was like, I am talking to my nigga about this this week. I'm getting this. Hell or high water, we're having this conversation because it's so I don't know. There's like a psychology thing behind it for me that I want to discuss with you. So 
let me start at the tippity top of what I want to talk about, right? So, mm-hmm. because I don't have social media or none of that shit, and I don't be on none of and that And you shit, got your I have last to social media that, robbed from you. That is still so crazy. Like, I look still, uh, like, every other week. I got like, hijacked. Damn. I got hijacked. I'm, like I'm, at this point, I'm... Shit. Yeah, at this point, I'm trying to find your hijacker so I can send him a message like, you bitch-ass nigga, like, you fucking up the vibes. <laughs> See, like, you at the, nigga, yeah, bro. that's all I really want to do at this point. Because even though I it don't matter him. to me, you just want to, like, threaten him a little bit. Yeah, so yeah like, you hold, give it back, important. bitch. He's not yeah. even your friends. Like, this is bullshit. Bro, you got somebody that means something to people. <laughs> but anyway, so because I have to have something to do with my thumbs, I be checking my emails. <laughs> like, you just got to do something <laughs> okay. with your thumbs, right? I'm a, I'm a frequent so email checker, so I understand that. Fan, when I had the socials, I never checked my emails. It would be all kind of shit in there, bro. Like, bro, to the point where if my wife had to check my emails for something important, like, oh, you got to go to your email to get the doctor's appointment and confirm. And I'm like, oh, I don't remember my password. Like that whole shit. <laughs> and when I would get in there, it would give you the boom. And it'd be like, you have 1,233 new messages. Like that kind of shit. And so your now stress I check my level emails, goes right, right up from there because I don't want to read all fan. that. So now I check my emails and that's where I get my interest and that's how I like distract myself when I'm eating lunch and shit. And I still get emails from shit from back in Columbus, even though we've been in New Mexico now about four years, like mm-hmm. I still get emails from back in Columbus shit. And one of my most interesting email chains that I get is I get offers from temp agencies in Columbus, Ohio for jobs <laughs> frequently, like especially around the holidays, they're always hitting me with, Make fifteen dollars an hour right now. Create your own hours. Get Wanna down to Honey Bake Thursday, fam. Get paid tomorrow. Like I get all those advertisements from a few different tip agencies I worked for when I was back home, and I was kind of bouncing around from job to job trying to figure out if cutting hair was going to work for me and all of that kind of shit. Right mm-hmm. now, Wes, I don't know if you ever worked the temp agency, but tip agencies are very unique and interesting. In just the way that they work, like you are hired help, right? Like mm-hmm. you're basically a paid slave, so to speak. Like you work for this agency. They send you on a <laughs> job. They take some of your check just for finding you the job when in all actuality, anybody should be able to just walk on a job and fill out an application. But some companies only go through temp agencies. Right. Some right. do both, which is kind of wild. Like I was with a job one time where, I came on through the temp agency and I think I made like three seventy five dollars an hour, but I didn't know you could apply on your own without the temp agency mm-hmm. and you would have made like fourteen fifty. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like it was yeah, like nah, that kind of shit, which like, yeah, that's, that's like blow every night up the I came building. to work, I couldn't do nothing but think about that. <laughs> yeah. No, nah, that's, that's blow up the building. Disgusting for sure. Like when you figured that out, like what? Which leads me to my point, Wes, I'm glad you brought up blowing up the building. Like, when I see these emails come through my email chain and I'm just like eating my tacos and trying to, you know, entertain my thumbs, I'd be thinking to myself, like part of me always wants to email them back or call them and set up an interview and just never show up. <laughs> and I want to know. And you, nah. I've thought Go about ahead. this more than five times. Go ahead. Like I've Go thought ahead. about this seriously, Wes. And I want to talk to you about like, what is the psychology behind me? wanting to do some shit like that like that's childish we know but why do what makes me want to do something like that like literally call these people tell them my resume tell them how interested i am in the job set up an interview and just never show up and never answer my i'm gonna give you my perspective and i'm gonna share a story as to why 
I think I agree with you almost all the Mom, way percents. See, like high per- high percents, I agree with you. So like, I think this correlates to your whole I don't want to be homeless thing. Mm. And like right now, you're in a very good space where you know homeless is is like far away. It's the furthest away from me it's ever been ever been. See what I'm saying? Yes. It's See, the furthest it's ever been you. away from you. Yeah, I mean, so like, let me shut up and let you help me because these at, are good answers. At, at this point, like you say, to keep your thumbs busy, it's not social media. So like, I don't want to say your email turned into your like your brain exercise, but like but now it, you're paying attention to the shit in your email and it's making you recollect what you went through when homeless was like in when you were hugging homelessness, like <laughs> you were hugging close. homelessness and you were dependent upon these places to take care of you. And then like you found out during those times that you've been bamboozled and you know what I'm saying? You really could have been not hugging homelessness. You could have been at least like elbow length away, not even, you know, full arm length. You could have been elbow length away and been a little bit more comfortable. So now, you know, it's just like, um, it's like the Bart Simpson part of you that wants to call down the Moe's and, you know, ask, ask for the wild name. You feel me? Like, I want to call My down goodness. here and set up this interview. And then when I don't show up, like, tell you, fuck you. But then, like, the adult piece of your brain, which my brain goes to as well, it's like, they just going to come to the lobby and they're going to call your name and you're not going to be there. And they just going to call the next person's name because it's a temp agency. And that's how this shit mm. fucking works. And nine times out of ten, they probably just going to scratch you off your list. But, like, in your brain, that's where the satisfaction comes from because you get more satisfaction out of this now that you are the farthest away from homelessness that you've ever been. Had you still been hugging homelessness or elbow lames away, you would never have done this because you would not have wanted to ruin that opportunity. Yeah, I mean, but, like, let me tell you why I say fuck the temp something agency, in your, fam. Something in your fingers makes you want to burn a bridge. Yeah, like I don't need this Some bridge. Fuck this bridge. Fingers. I got 60 other bridges that are all intact. You I can me. lose this one. Like you say, sometimes fuck, burn a bridge. Like it might be fun for you. Like especially if you don't need it no more, fuck it. But like I attempted to go through a temp service one time and like it's levels to the temp agency shit. You know what I'm for saying? Sure. Like so I went for the... I went for the temp agency that was known for getting you like an office job. Like, you know what I'm saying? You ain't got to stand outside the Home Depot. Was that Excel? Would that be Excel? Nah, I don't think that was Excel. I always thought Excel was the office job place until I went to them niggas and they put me right in the warehouse. But go ahead. <laughs> yeah, like, nah, I can't, I can't remember the name of this place right now. I was trying to think about it while you was talking, but I couldn't. Um, but I, I went to this joint, like, let, like, was pissed off at the job that I was at, like, Got back, you know what I'm saying, at the end of the day for this job. Had already set up, you know, going over to the other spot to, you know, fuck with them and shit. Like, brought my change of clothes, put my, you know what I'm saying, put my put my hard bottom zone and shit, let them know a nigga real deal. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Went And, like, this was one of the joints. I, damn, I wish I could remember the name of it, but, like, had to have the PP on deck. You know what I mean? Like, I, because I, they was going to drop me when I went in there. So, I, you know, went in there all the way righteous. You know what I mean? Had my situation together, dropped for him, went around, like... Did the whole shebang bang, you feel me? And like they tell you when you leave, they're like, all right, you know, we're gonna do what we do, you know, we'll be we'll be in contact with you within you know the next couple of weeks or so. And I'm like, all right, cool. Like it's like two weeks go by, three weeks go by, multiple weeks go by at this point, fam. <laughs> like, I can't even count for you at this point, but like it's like cool. And when I left, the girl, you know, gave me all the information. Like we did this whole video setup interview where they ask questions, and you know, like I say, she gonna send this out to the people and all. bro, it was lit. Yeah, I mean, like really? it was a, it was a situation. And I got the resume. I got, I know, you know, what I'm saying, I know, WTF, I'm doing. Yeah, I mean, so, um, like I say, multiple weeks go by, I don't hear from this babe. So like I told before I left, she gave me her contact info. She like, hey, if you need anything, you can call me. She like. 
if you call me and I'll answer, like you can actually text this number as well. Like I get text messages. You can email me, whatever case may be, fam. When I tell you I did all of this shit, bro, and this chick never responded to me, bro. What? I like to the point where I had to get my Roger on and I had to call the front desk and be like, yeah, I, yeah, who I need her supervisor. Like I need right. her boss's email. Like I, speak I need, I need to let and like, bro, when I tell you to this day, like this is five years later, when I tell you, I still ain't heard from these people at this goddamn tip agency about a job. Never. Like when I fam, when I tell you, it's like when I left there, it's like, I I never had been there. And like, I feel like I got a civil rights case. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like I could sue somebody. I feel like I could really like take this thing Small all the way. Yeah, like because what what do you mean there was no contact? Like pull my file and y'all tell me what happened that y'all did not contact me because ain't this y'all's job? Well, let's speculate for a minute because I want to speculate. Speculating is fun. The way you tell me the story, it sounds like you had the job until one of her friends came through, <laughs> and then Bro, and I then just, they got the job. And I then just they don't really, know, like, but like they like I say, they set up file. they set up this whole like video interview shit where they kind of ask you like generic basic ass interview questions like some shit that a motherfucker might ask you if you go on an interview like, and they like what would you do if you saw one of your co-workers stealing yeah. products <laughs> yeah like, like stuff like tell? that for sure you- so like and then they and, and and according you know they shop that around to to the clients that they have and you know the, those people get to pick from whatever case maybe but like fam when I tell you like mad weeks had went by like I still had to spend another like 14 months at my job before I found another job because I was like, not that I was hanging on for that, but like after like 10, 12 weeks, fam, it was like, oh, apparently y'all not going to cry. And I didn't want to be the crazy dude to like pull back up down there and be like, hey, what the fuck? Because that might not bowl over the best. And then like, I'm telling you, like, I feel like my name confuses people. Okay. Like you see my name on paper, especially if you see my full name, because shit, that's how I shot myself around. You know what I mean? Like, your full name will get you an office job. Yeah, they give me that. an office job. Yeah, I mean, and then sometimes I, I show up that. and it's not what you expect. I feel like I, I feel like I deflate some people's energy so, uh, mm. around me sometimes, and they don't even know me. You haven't even, you know, taken a chance. But like, yeah, if you would give me them couple I, minutes, I, sh- I would be with yeah, you. Yeah, I show up and I'm not the Caucasian on paper that you thought I was. Like, sure, and I, Damn, and I, I apologize for that. that, but I'm not sorry. Yeah, I never even thought about that, bro. If anybody listening to this has never like experienced temp agency work or just dealing with a temp agency or any of that stuff it is a very very unique experience like working for somebody to work for somebody is like crazy work is some ill Whoa. shit bro it's like it's, it's about, like slavery that's crazy it is it's like pay slavery did i ever tell you about like when you used to come to the barbershop in that plaza there was a temp agency mm-hmm. place you remember I was like aware. two doors yep. down i was aware yep was you there or around the week that somebody drove their car through the whole yep. front of that yep. establishment? Yep, yep. they like were I mad as hell. Video, right? Yep, I remember. We never found out what that was about because the chick that like ran her Oldsmobile through the front <laughs> glass, she like immediately after she crashed her car through the front glass lobby, she immediately backed out and skirted out of the plaza. So we never got a chance to interview her. We only <laughs> got like a little bit of video on our phone, but like it makes me think like. They had to have been playing with her money. You know what I'm saying? Like that had to have been a situation where like she maybe have worked three or four weeks already and still ain't seen payment or something. Like temp agencies are wild like that, bro. Like so you sometimes never know what you're gonna get out of a temp agency. Yeah, and like you you should always probably be like a little bit cautious and suspicious of anywhere that say they can either 
I mean, paying you daily is cool. Yeah, I mean, but like that's that's probably a red flag because not only can they pay you daily, they can cut your ass off daily is what that <laughs> sounds like. Yeah, I mean, but Bro. then also the ones that pay weekly, but then will offer you like the like they if they can pull an envelope with a debit card out of they out of their desk cabinet, like you probably shouldn't <laughs> work there. <laughs> yeah, you probably shouldn't work there. Like you just, just get the check, me. bro. Don't get the don't get the debit card out the two drawer file cabinet under their desk because you don't want that. You can, but you, you can get that. paid one day sooner. Come on, fam. Like <laughs> and I know, and, and that shit works. And like I understand it, but like though, the platform, science behind that is dumb. The getting science paid behind one that is stupid. Sooner, getting paid one day so- sooner is easy for us to laugh at while we're doing an internet show over our high-speed internets. And you know what I mean? Like, we're in a comfortable place to be able to laugh mm-hmm. at. But there are some people in this world where that Thursday versus that Friday is such a big a, difference. Yeah, it's like, a world changer, and it's really not. Go ahead and give me that Walmart card. Like, that is fucking cr- I like, forgot all I, about look, the payday card. I'm going to so, be so real here, like, I had one and I still got it because I had it. And you know what I'm saying? Like my whole check don't go there, but a piece of it go there. And hell yeah, that shit drops on Thursday. But now sometimes I forget and it's okay. Yeah. I mean, and like, I'm about to get, I'm about to end that shit too, because again, it's the, the science behind it is dumb. They just like trap people. People like being first. People like being early to shit. So tell them motherfucker, you, you can get your check a day early. It's really, it's really not even a day early. Like they told your bank that they was, that the money was coming. Mm-hmm. That, like That's when they tell people that your money is coming in. Like instead of your bank being a dickhead and being like, all right, we're going to wait for that check to clear. They just be like, all right, we'll give it to you. Like that's that's the only difference between the Thursday and the Friday. They'd be like, "Oh, okay. Well, your job told us they was about to send us X, Y, and Z amount for you, so we'll just give that to you today." And 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 really, it's based upon track record for real, for real. Like they know why they always tell you that shit. Take a few weeks to really. It might take two checks because they want to they want to check the routing and where this shit coming from. How much money do y'all really got? Because it might take a month. We might need two checks from you. In order for you to understand that you're gonna get your check a day early, like it's it's a sick game that you know that they play on poor people, but you know, teachers and we all come from somewhere. And to wrap up uh temp agency talk, bro, you know what let me know that temp agency business was nasty business? Because like when you young and you jumping in it, all you really think to yourself is, hey, these people are gonna pretty much guarantee that I get work. That's all you really be caring about when right. you want work. Right. And then when they start showing you what you can make an hour, that's all you be giving a fuck about. You don't be thinking about how much of that they're taking before you see that $15. Like the job might actually be hiring at $16.25, but they're giving you the $15 that's left right. over. Right. But what let me know that that temp agency work in business is low-key, like nasty pay slavery was like, Working at a barbershop that close to a temp agency, it allowed me the opportunity to get to know the people that own that company. Mm-hmm. Because, like, when the lady had the Oldsmobile crash through her business, she came out <laughs> screaming and crying and wanting the barbershop niggas to help her all this. I'm like, she what? literally ran to us. She called help. on y'all like the Avengers? That's crazy. She was asking our black asses for help. And we all was kind of like frowned up looking at each other, like, has any of y'all ever talked to this lady? Like, Did we have never even noticed, had a conversation with you. Anybody know what this lady's name? What makes you think we're going to help you? Like, we don't give a fuck about right. what happens down there. Y'all don't care about us. Why should we just care about y'all? Absolutely But anyway, not. after she realized that, oh, I've never talked to these black niggas down here, they're business owners too, maybe mm. I should build a relationship with them going forward in case I need help again. It won't be so weird. So she started coming and down. And like, hold on, pause, on time out. Talking to us, sure. What, what does she expect y'all to do against the Oldsmobile? I don't. I don't think she even knew, to be honest with you. Like I think she, <laughs> she just, just was wanted to call on some niggas. Like, she oh, it's a lot of niggas down there. Please come help me. 
I think maybe she felt attacked and maybe she thought we were protected. I don't know. She was under <laughs> duress. But anyway, I think going forward, she thought, well, maybe I should need to start building a relationship with the businesses around me. So next time I need help, it won't be so weird because that was a real thing where we worked at. Cause like you Absolutely. already know the GameStop that was on the other side of us had uh, been robbed at gunpoint a couple of times. Yeah. He came over and got help from us because we fucked with him already. Now we right. laughed at him for being tied <laughs> up in the back room. <laughs> he was tied up in the back room for a good that's 25 sick. minutes before we realized what happened to him. Nah, that's but sick. I digress. That's, that's another sick. story for another day. <laughs> but, in talking to the lady that owned the tip agency, it let me know, like, these motherfuckers is ran by regular-ass people that just have enough money to start a business. Like, yeah. she didn't know nothing about the needs of the community, how much it even took to even live in this neighborhood. Like, she knew nothing other than call this number, get the social security number of the person that you want them to work, make sure they have the slot send the email, send them to work. Like she didn't know what the fuck else was going on. So it just like baffled my mind to think that somebody's whole livelihood was in this lady's hands. And she literally knew very little to nothing about her business. And she got people walking in and out of her doors that are literally feeding their families based on what she says, does, or doesn't do. So I don't know, bro. Like that just was like a real eye opener for me in my young adult life. Like realizing that, You know, you grow up and when you're a young adult, you kind of look at these establishments as these structures and these Mm -hmm. these forms of dependability when really these just be other motherfuckers, bro. Like these be legit just other motherfuckers that just happen to have more opportunity than you. Like they got they got jobs at the place getting people jobs. Yeah, they job is just getting jobs. They ain't no smarter than you for a long time. Not at all. Yeah. So I don't know, bro. Speaking of uh, speaking of white ladies in duress, I saw a commercial the other day, right? This made me laugh and I had to write it down to talk to you about too. Like the, the commercial was for a website that does background checks. I don't know if you've seen this commercial, but it's of this lady that she says in the commercial, I was really concerned because one of my children was having a slumber party over one of their friend's house. So I thought to myself, I better just go ahead and do a quick background check mm-hmm. on the parents of the ch- children that are, uh, you know, that my children mm-hmm. are staying the night over. Mm-hmm. And she said, come, this is exactly what she said, Wes, come to find out there had been a felon in their house. And then like, it gave you the suspenseful music and immediately put the website on the screen. So this would never happen to you. And I like <laughs> kind of sat back in my bed and I was like, motherfucker, like, you know, what's ill about this somehow in some societies and some cultures, I'm not going to blame just white people, but I think a lot of people can be like this. Like y'all know felon don't necessarily translate to like, sexual violent. assault right like, yeah violent like nasty criminal it doesn't like always go there fam if you get caught get with that. the right amount of weed you can be a felon like absolutely and it just kind of like it, it it left a really like nasty like felt like i was like covered in goo when i if saw you, the commercial if you like, hit the hospital staff you can be a felon fam like, yeah yeah like bro you can catch an f for all kind of all weird, types weird of shit, shit. Absolutely. so like the fact, like, I understand this is a commercial and that doesn't necessarily mean this is happening in real life. But this is happening in real life, bro. Like, you oh, know what you I mean? You know it's happening. You know, like, I there just are see- some parents out there that are like, I'm not letting my kid go over there. I just there seen somebody over there. I just seen somebody ask the other day, and I guess this is kind of in relation, but like, 
she asked, should you should you Google or I'm just going to go with look up in any capacity. Should you Google somebody that you're dating? Ooh, I'm glad you brought that up. I roundabout heard about this. Like, this is a thing, especially with like um, online dating apps and yeah, you know what I mean, like the yeah. Tinders and yeah. all of that type of shit. Like, it's a thing for people to be like, once you connect on the app, you like some people will look you up. I guess it's like a thing. I guess I'm glad I'm far out of that, fam. Because I don't, even, so I don't even know how to feel or react dating, about bro. that in real life, fam. Like, it makes me Let's be play like, pretend. It makes me Let's be like, pretend. well, I can if understand. You was out there, in a say you was out there dating and you was on a dating app and you connected with somebody and y'all matched and all y'all did was kind of exchange pleasantries at first but in between y'all talking she looked you up and like looked up your background and looked up your history and told you she did so would that make you feel away that would make me feel a type of way because like if if we, if we on a date and I'm not cuz I'm not going to cap like if we was on a dating app and you know, you know the the vibes is there. Whatever case, the the most looking up I'm gonna do, or I'm gonna try to do. I'm probably gonna try and look for your Facebook, and I'm, I'm probably gonna try and look for it, your if Instagram. It's, if it's me, I'm going to the Instagram to make sure that your profile. That's what I'm right. saying. I'm probably like, gonna check the Facebook. I'm probably filter. gonna check the Instagram. Those are the two things, and I'm, that's as far as I'm going to research. But like, am I going to the Franklin County website <laughs> and typing in a bitch name to see if she ever got caught shoplifting? I don't work. think I got all of that in me to do, fam. Like, I don't really care how much you loved the baby, you know, the apple bottom jeans and the boots with the fur. Like, I, I, I don't really care if that was a past. I don't care if that was a past life of yours. Like now, and and the flip side of me says, but like, what if you go there and you find out this bitch then stabbed like three or four people? Like, ah, you to might be stumbling though, upon some important information. Can we be honest though? Always. Are we here to be honest? Always. Two things real fast. One, who hasn't stolen a little bit of Nautica out of life? Two, if I'm out here hypothetically and I'm on dating apps and shit like that, and I just happen to be sick enough to do a background check on somebody that I'm just literally having a text conversation with, and say I see that they stabbed somebody. Like, say I see on their record that they stabbed the, uh, uh, some male and they get lived in... You know, when you look up this kind of shit, it's Two sentences. Like, it's just like st- stabbed male on 9 12 15. I'm still going to go ahead and continue this talking. Like, I need see. to sit down across from you at Applebee's to catch yeah. the vibes because yeah. your stabbing might have been justified. Like, who knows? Life. Like, that's my beef. Like, who knows? Life is sick, bro, because this is like halfway a real life situation. This girl that, you know, I, I know growing up in the city, I forget, we went to something together, maybe summer school or something. Um, but like she was in a in a relationship, uh, an abusive relationship, and like she ended up killing a dude. Like this this is I, real I life, like and, and she's and she like and not it. and not only that, she's an educator in the city of Columbus. Not only then, but now. And I'm like fucking with it, bro. And, like, hey, listen, hey, let peep, me know you peep, can defend yourself. Keep game, and then not only like recently, I seen that. I think she was on vacation, or she posted like she got pictures with Nubu out there, and like I was like, I wonder how bro feel like you because think that's he knows? A, that's a you have fam. We have <laughs> to talk about that over the Olive Garden on the first date because none of us know any better. We're at Olive Garden. We don't know anything about each other. Like, We're about as, to figure as something they're out. pouring cheese, I gotta ask you. Something <laughs> I gotta quick. ask you something. Like I gotta tell you, you ever been like? Locked up? You ever been to jail? Like, that's the story I need to hear over the Golden Alfredo, over the Big Michelinas. Gotta have it. <laughs> See, and, and honestly, like, th- this is just me. I'm not. I'm not dissing nobody that don't feel like me. But if I'm on a date and I've expressed expressed interest in a chick, 
and I see something like a stabbing or kill somebody, it, like, but like I want to know, like I want to see now that, we get, I want to be the judge of that. See, like now I want to just have two sentences scare me off. Now it, now I feel like we're getting into the selfishness of the of of the of the of the new millennium that we live in, fam. Because like, is that something that you really think you deserve to know from a person on a first date? That's a good question too. That might be that might be too many questions on the now. Hold on, but like, do you also? But also, do you drop that on the Netflix and chill night? Like, you might, say, like you might now, ruin the vibe. I'm complete. Let's talk through this, though. This is you a good podcaster. Let's talk through it because I do feel like it's a bit personal to ask somebody why they was in jail on the first date. Because if I was watching a reality show and a chick did that to a nigga, and I was just laid up in my bed watching it, I would be yelling at the TV like, "Bitch, you ain't got no right to ask my nigga that, right?" But in reality. I do kind of feel like that's a bit of a deeper question to ask somebody, but if it's a violent crime, you could be putting yourself in danger, whether you're a guy or a girl, True. no matter what. You know what I'm saying? Like, True. if I'm sitting across from a babe and we having breadsticks and they semi-warm, how am I to know if these breadsticks get cold enough that she I might think, not try to, like, hit me with it or something? I need to know these I think things. the only time I want to hear that you murdered your ex-boyfriend is, like, on somewhere in like second, third, maybe fourth day at the mall over Auntie Anne's. Like, yeah. I think that's the only way tell that I can Tell me that with a cinnamon pretzel in my hand. At man, sure. please tell me while I'm dipping in the marinara sauce. Like, I might be able to take that much better yeah. at that point. Because, you know, because now now we got more to talk about. Now we got a deeper conversation to have. Because that's not just a, yeah, I murdered that nigga because he was abusive. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We got to talk about this. Well, well, there's rhythm to everything, right? Like me and you yeah. are big on vibrations and rhythm and, you know what I mean, reading body language and just reading a room, right? You are famous mm-hmm. for reading rooms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If a nigga is chopping up your steak escape and y'all are quiet standing by each other and all of a sudden she looks across at you and goes, you know, I just got out. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's way more concerning than presenting it a different way. So like, you kind of got to take it case by case. But to me, I just think that you're doing yourself a wild disservice by going to a website, seeing that a nigga got an F by his name and not even asking any further questions. Now, again, like kind of swinging it back around to the commercial, the whole premise was that you're sending your kids over there. Right. And I know people can be very protective of their kids, but are we being honest again? Mm -hmm. I'm not that protective over my kids. Like, you know I love my kids, bro. <laughs> that sounds bad. But let me explain. Everybody knows I love the fuck out of my kids, right? Like right. I come and talk to you all about it on the podcast. I'm proud of them. I love them to death. They are my hearts. But to me, I can't see myself being that parent that's scared to let their kids spend the night over somebody's house because there happened to be an F in the, in the house one time. Now, let me see. If there's somebody that lives in a house that was a child molester or some shit, that's something I would want to know. Sure. Uh, yeah, but you would but, but you would want to know that and I'm sure that's probably not the first thing somebody's out there spewing. So how else would you find out? You would have to look it up. I'm not looking it up though. So looking, maybe that's, that's what I'm me saying. Being, like, is that me being neglectful? I'm I'm okay. I don't, I don't think I'm that's okay you, if you think that's me being a neglectful parent. I don't think that's you being a neglectful parent because I, I feel same like same difference. But like, again, I think that goes back to, I feel like we talked about that on here before. Like at what age are you going to feel comfortable letting your kid go spend a night at somebody else's house or letting your kid have a sleepover? And it's like, uh, in today's world, it's probably going to be a long time. And it's not that I don't trust other people mm. or like that. I don't, but like, I just understand that it's a different time that we live in from when we grew up. Like 
slumber parties and sleepovers was a thing. Like every kid had a sleeping bag. Like these fucking kids don't got sleeping bags now. They got sleeping bags for their rooms. Like they don't got they don't know that sleeping bags was really for like when you was about to go like pull up at somebody else's like that was your bed, fam. Like as a kid, like you don't need no bed, fam. Go slide your ass in the sleeping bag. And that bag way and you knew sleep. you wasn't sleeping on nobody's weird ass couch or nothing. Like you know what your bag feel like. You no know matter what where you put exactly. that bag, the inside of that bag won't feel the same. Exactly. Give me give me your estimated you can spend a night age. I know there's no way for you to know that hard number right now, but give me a roundabout age for you, for your child to be able to go spend the night. It's probably got to be like a 9, 10 thing, 9, maybe 10. like an 8, 9, 10 is probably the vibe that I'm getting. Like, so I, I got to be able to send you off with the phone. You got to be able to call me if shit's going like weird over mm, there. Like, like not, that. That I, not that I don't want to hear from the parent, but I'd rather my kid yeah. call me and be like, hey, I need you to come get me. And like, I like I'll that. deal with that when I get there. Like, I'd rather the parent be confused when I pull up like, well, oh, what's wrong? Well, yeah, my daughter said she was. Nah, yeah, like, my baby ain't feeling My daughter has a cell phone. And she yeah, <laughs> she texts me. She said, no go. And like, I'm here now. Even without some weird shit going on, like say your daughter just thought that she was going to have a ton of fun at the sleepover, right, and right. it wasn't all that, and it made her more uncomfortable than she anticipated. Yeah, she don't want to be here no more. Maybe their pizza rolls are even just off brand, and she wants to come home. I kind of get her, Dad. They have Tostinos. I just don't and like it. <laughs> like so, like I consider myself to be a loose parent, and I agree with you. I think eight, nine, ten is perfect. Like I, I'm down. Yeah, with you got you got to be able to communicate with me for sure, for sure. And I think I like it, I think it could be possible before, but like again, like even over here with the sixteen year old, like she got her friend down the street, she be going to stand over there, and her friend be staying over here. But like, I think it's more like I, I get the vibe from her that her parents care about what the vibe is like over here. You know what I'm saying? And like, not that we'd be sending messages back and forth to the kids, but it'd be like, hey, tell your parents come pull up. Like, they know we smoke weed over here. Like, she just came over the other day and was like, my dad said yeah. he want to smoke with y'all. Tell that nigga come pull up. Yeah, like, tell nigga and look. tell him, bring your mom. Like, we got the, like, we got it over here. Like, let's kick we'll it. Come on. Sit in the let's lounge kick and it. We'll talk. It's we'll fun. make it happen. You'll really you know know, I mean? like, you're, then you'll be really comfortable yeah, with your Yeah, parents, like, like, your kid is cool down. because not for nothing. Like, if, if baby girl was coming over here and she wasn't cool, like, my wife would be like, hell no, she can't stay over here. Like, I don't like her vibe. She ain't, yeah, she ain't my favorite. Like, tell her to go her ass home and, like, you go stay over there. But, like, tell her, don't come over here. Like, don't That's important to me, too, bro. Here. I'm going to be honest with you. Like, as a parent of my 18-year-old and of my 5-year-old, like, it's important to me that both my children's friends know me and my wife to be not just, like, cool, but, like, reasonable parents, reasonable adults. You know what I mean? People that you can, like, okay, I can have fun over there, but they will put some hard parameters. Oh uh, yeah, nah. Yeah, you know yeah, yeah. We, like, my wife definitely I, looked at me um, the other day after they left and was like, "I think we're the cool parents." And I was like, "Nah, we're definitely the cool parents." But like, they be keeping it one hundred. They was like, "Nah, we like talking to y'all because y'all keep it real." Like, yeah, like why, why, why? What, what a lot of y'all about? Y'all ain't my kids. Like, I'm gonna talk to y'all niggas. I'll talk to everybody. Yeah, everybody, fuck about y'all. <laughs> <laughs> nah, that's dope. Uh, speaking of childhoods and spending the night and coming up and all of that. Uh. I don't know who asked for Black Wonder Years. I didn't. Mm. I don't want them. Uh, was you ever a Wonder Years guy growing up? Did you ever um, watch the Wonder Years? Not like dedicated. Yeah. Like I, it was one of them like I would catch while it was on coming home mm-hmm. from school when I was young. And I always kind of low-key fucked with the Wonder Years because it had like a whole vibe and a feel to it. It was kind of like live action Doug, if you will. Right? <laughs> but they're, they're re-releasing Wonder Years with Don Cheeto as the narrator in a right. black family this time. Mm-hmm. And to be honest with you, I don't want it, bro. And it's not me being anti-black or anti-culture or anything anything like that. Like, for me, what made the Wonder Years as a show dope was 
to watch this white family, for me, this is just my perspective. When I used to watch it, what I thought was so dope about the Wonder Years was to watch this middle-class white family and to see how similar they were to my family. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what made Wonder Years dope to me. Like, wait a minute, bro. Fred Savage is like me. Like, <laughs> that nigga had the same problems I do. And he white as hell. Like, look at this white-ass family. And they they live like us pretty much. They just white when they do it. You know what I mean? They got some privileges, but they have the same worries and concerns that we do as an average black family. And right. that, to me, is what made Wonder Years dope. And I just don't see enjoying it as a reboot in a black family in the same way that I do. It's not as endearing to me. You know what I mean? Like we've seen everybody hates Chris. Like I can watch that for what it seems like they're giving us here. So I just, I don't know, man. I just, I feel like everything don't need a fresh coat of black. If that makes sense. Like I'm not trying to be negative, but it seems like sometimes they just dip it in black and think that that's going to make it. But like maybe, maybe this goes to something that I want to talk about and I was going to flip it another way, but maybe we can use it here. But like, let's do it. I think they're, you know, as you say, dipping everything in black because that's a that's a reflection of what's going on outside, I think, for mm-hmm. real, for real. Like okay. and you know, I was I what my original question was gonna ask you how you felt about interracial relationships. Maybe we'll get there, maybe we'll get there another day. But like <laughs> Hey, listen, we might we might write it down, we might need to do it. Uh, yeah, it's, all, it's always I got written. all kind of thoughts. Absolutely. It's always written down, but like it was the, the caveat that I want to talk about that was behind like I've been hearing in the news for of course it's been for a while, but like more recently, like it's it's getting closer and closer. The the whites are losing numbers. Mm. Whitey is upset. Yeah, I mean, like that they, they don't know what to do with themselves. And it's like I think this correlates with that almost sort of kind of in a way, because it's like, listen here, white people, you guys are, are you guys a race mixing out here? Okay. You guys are having these little brown and tan colored babies. Too many Patrick Mahomes out here. Way too many Patty Mahomes out here. And like, this is just a reflection of what's going on outside today. And like, I, I think it's a testament to the times that we live in still. Yeah. I mean, like, we still dealing with these producers, these old ass producers that come from an old way of life. So like their Eureka idea might be let's do a black family and everybody in the room agrees. Yeah. I mean, and it's like, for me personally, it looks dope. You know what I'm saying? Is I haven't caught an episode of it yet. I seen it just drop and I, you know, me and my wife talked about watching it. So I'm sure we'll catch an episode or two. Um, But I, I think it's interesting. And again, like, let me ask you this. Do you think it would have gotten as much praise or acclaim as it's getting now if it was still a white family? No, I don't think it would get the same attention. I think if they just rebooted it and put another white kid in uh, in, in bro's place and they just tried to revamp it. No, honestly. I think the fact that uh, Don Cheadle is attached to it, I think the fact that they're try- quote unquote and trying like, something, I think it's probably... I think, I think this is one of those things that it's okay to you know, blackwash. Now, okay. something that I would not want to see you blackwash, the Sandlot. Like, leave the Sandlot no. alone. I like... But see, like, that's of the same ilk to me. Like, but, that, but I feel but that, but this is what I'm saying. That's why it's like, a perfect it, it comparison. Got, but that, but it's yeah. got the same kind of vibe. Yeah. It got the same kind of... But like... Okay, I'm following you. Not, not that I don't want to see a similar story of, you know, maybe what the little black boys was going through over on the South Side during the same time, but like, don't call Ain't it the Sandlot. Fastball? 
See, a little saint in them. Yeah, I mean, ain't like, that fastball? yeah, we just do it for a little saint one time. That's a goddamn. Uh, listen here, you got me <laughs> fucking up the goddamn stories, but that's funny. You know, you know, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Both G baby, nah, it was G baby. Yeah, yeah, and I was G baby. They shot G baby over there on South Side right. Chicago. Yeah, I mean, but like exactly, like call call it fastball. Don't call it the Sandlot because we don't need the black Sandlot, fam. Like. Black first of all, black people don't fuck with scary dogs like that. So like you're gonna get a bad story no. out of that angle anyway. So we don't we don't want that. Did we talk about on the podcast how loose dogs are <laughs> like not a thing anymore? No, we haven't, but like we grew I grew up on loose dogs. But but you want to know what the sick part about it is? Once you live with that, it's it's not it's not in it's not on you, it's in you forever, fam. Because I'm oh, yeah. always I'm on always, the lookout for I'm a always scared dog. that a dog is gonna get loose. <laughs> like if I see too small of a like jogging white lady with too big of a dog, I start crossing the street. Like bro. Have I ever told you how scared of white women I am? Like strange white women? I'm scared of strange white women you that should I don't be. know. You should be. We're not going to get into that because it'll no. turn into a whole Rosewood podcast. Listen, <laughs> right. I I got a confession to make. I have never seen fastball. What? I'm going to say it again. I have never seen that movie. I've never seen fastball. Why? And there's no real... I was just about to say, there's no Why? real reason. It, I've just never watched it. Nobody had the tape or DVD that I was around when I was coming up. Um, I always heard it was good, but it did. I never heard it was so good that I had to run to it. Like I always heard that it was like if you've seen it, you enjoyed it, but I just never seen it. It's definitely not run too good. It's definitely not. You fastball. need to stop that what you're doing. Hardball. I've been saying fastball. I know y'all been listening to this podcast yelling and I, into y'all and I repeated it twice. It's hardball, nigga. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. <laughs> but me never seeing fastball <laughs> brings me back around to this. Dig this, right? This is the segue of all segues right here. The Fugees are on tour. Right. You know we got to talk about the Fugees being on tour. Because gotta, this is the number one Fuck Lauren Hill podcast. Yeah, I was about to say, we, we got to mention it. We got to mention it. Are you, are you feeling the correlation yet? Because I almost walked you right into it. Walk me. I have never heard the score by the Fugees ever in my life. Mm. So so dig this, right? I saw that the, the Fugees had reunited and was on tour. And I was making my notes. I was etching my fuck Lauren Hills and all of that to make all my points as to why this is stupid. I don't understand why this is a big deal in hip hop. I was writing all my hate down on paper. And then I realized, like, I've never heard the score. Like, of course I've heard Fuji La. Right. Of course, I've heard "Killing Me Softly." I loved "Ready or Not." Now, Fuji La to me was always okay. "Killing Me Softly" when I was coming up was for the chicks. They loved it. We loved hearing the chicks love it. "Ready or Not" for me was a bop. Like when that came on the radio, that was the one that moved me. Like, bro, this one right here is hard. Mm-hmm. But one out of three for me as a kid was never enough to make me go to the flea market and mm-hmm. buy the bootleg tape. And I grew up in East Haven. We listened to Brother Lynch Hung, E-40, Spice One, all kind of killer shit back in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Fuji was not a tape that any of my friends had. None of my friends had the score. So I never had an opportunity to hear this album. And as I was writing my hate notes for the podcast, I was like, I ain't doing shit. Let me be responsible and play this score album so I'll at least know what the fuck I'm talking about before I introduce this topic. 
mm-hmm. get my hate on for a good 15 mm-hmm. minutes, right? <laughs> I go <laughs> I go in the title, I click the score, I hit play. I don't skip around, I don't read the track list, I don't check for features, I just hit play. And fam. You know how I'm big on like checking to see if old shit still holds up. Right. right. Like old right. quote unquote classics. I've always heard and known the score by the Fuji's to be a hip hop classic. It was the five Mike album. I always knew that there was something there, but I just never heard it. And I used to kind of like twist my face up at like, mm, could that shit, is that shit that hard? Like, there's no way that shit that hard. <laughs> I turned it on this week, bro. That shit holds up. That album still, like, it, bro. The score by the Fuji sounds so good. I was listening to it and I was imagining a world where I had heard this when this came out. And I'm going to be honest with you, fam. I think had I got my hands on this album back in 1990, what would that have been? Five, four, whatever. Four, I think. Had I had this in 94, I think my life would be different, bro. Like, I'm not saying like this album is so catastrophic that it's life changing, but I think through a ripple effect, of, if I would have got my hands on this album, it would have probably turned me on to a sound that I probably would have been chasing going forward. Like, as a lover of shit like Wu-Tang and unorthodox sounds and shit like that, bro, the score is dope. Why this nobody is, never told me that album is good? This is this is why it's important to, you know, not just go from hood to hood, okay? You was going from East Haven to goddamn Linden, and you weren't stopping anywhere in between where anybody no. could have given you the goddamn no. score, yeah, you know I mean? So yeah. you, you were stuck where you were stuck at, and that's why it's important, you know, you know, get get, get out your hood, yeah, you know I mean? Go go see something else. But you like, gotta see the world. Uh, yeah, I feel like the last time I listened to the score, I, I, I enjoyed it. Like I said, I never, I don't think I ever made it all the way through. Um, cause like I said, I, I use, I typically turn on albums when I'm doing something. So like when, once it gets interrupted or, you know, if I'm done doing what I'm doing, I usually cut it off. So if it I made it through, be. I made it through. And if I didn't, I didn't like, and I just, you know, go off of what I go off of. But like, I, I think that's just a, you know, I mean, it's, it's a dope group album, but I think it's a large credit to Wycliffe for real, for real. Like why, mm, yes. why Wycliffe, Wycliffe is that. that nigga? Like I heard that like in the production in the arrangements of the songs, just like him. Now, don't get me wrong. Now, you know I come on here and I diss Lauren Hill every opportunity <laughs> that is presented to me. But I got to keep it all the way real, bro. Like, Lauren Hill's lyricism, we know what her vocals do. I, I, right. You would never hear me diss her vocals and her singing ability. I just, I'm just not that crazy. But her lyrics, like her spitting on that, bro, she still sounds dope on there. Now, another track that I was hit to back in the day was Cowboys. It was Fuji's featuring the out, uh, Outsiders. And I was big on the Outsiders back then, which mm-hmm. is the only reason why I caught wind of that song, because it had like Young Z on it and Rod Digger. And anybody that knows me knows I'm a Rod Digger nigga. I <laughs> fuck with Rod Digger. I used to always like scream it from the mountaintops. Yo, I know y'all niggas like Lauren Hill and all, but Rod Digger really scraped her on Cowboys and y'all <laughs> niggas asleep. Like that was my whole thing back in the day. So, but Lauren Hill got busy on that album bro like and it 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 helped me shape why lauren hill is so important to people like i, I was there for miseducation like i was there for d- day one for miseducation i understand how important that album is i would never say nothing bad about that album like that album is as good as the praises sing right but 
what led up to miseducation, I had missed out on completely. <laughs> so now I kind of get why people are like why people are okay with allowing themselves to be quote unquote let down by Lauren Hill from being three hours late and shit like that. Because when you got miseducation as an album and the score as an album in your backlog of growing up, that shit is important to you. Like I, I could see why this album would attach to somebody in their feelings. But another thing that I realized when I was like researching to get on here to talk to you about it was I also realized that the Fugees might be like the most, most cursed hip hop group of all time, bro. Like, did you know how cursed this group is? No. Why you say that? Okay. So are you familiar with like why they broke up in the first place and why this is like, they're just now getting together after like 30 fucking years. Um, it doesn't have something to do with Wyclef and Lauren's relationship or. Yeah. Like I didn't know the details. Like they had both been having an affair with, with each other. Like they were both in relationships. I think Wyclef was even married and it was like fucking like Wyclef and Lauren was fucking. Now I think we all kind of heard that, but what made like just regular group members fucking in a group Mm -hmm. different from (laughs) in this situation (laughs) was when Lauren Hill got pregnant and had the baby. She had like convinced Wyclef it was his. Like Wyclef was thinking for whatever reason, whether she said directly or she alluded to, was that the baby was his, and it was mm. like th- that Marley, ba- that Marley was, nigga's baby. He was ready to be a. He was ready to be a fucking man. He was ready to take care of his baby. Yeah. So you know, not trying to be hard on Lauren Hill, but that will fuck with any nigga. Like you tell him that a that a baby is his, hmm. particularly a baby outside of his marriage is his. So you stumbling upon something right now, though, because now, now that it's got me thinking about that part just alone. That's a hard because, hit. Yeah, because remember, we, we talked about the angle, like, you got the other babe pregnant, now your wife knows, and like, this may, is what may, like you maybe she lets you in the delivery that. room. Yeah, you got to tell your if wife she that. she comes but, like, to you and says, I'm pregnant and it's yours, whatever like, you thought you was hiring from your wife, you can't, you got to tell her now. But what kind of aftermath comes from all angles of that? Like, if it comes out that the baby is not like you went through all of this and like you find because y'all out not just Footlocker game. employees, like y'all are a mega group. So now you got to yeah. go back and tell your wife that your partner in the mega group, in the mega group, is pregnant with your baby that you cheated with. Like, do you understand how hard that news <laughs> got to be to break? Like, how do you tell your wife that I, hey, like you sitting on the couch? Watching The Simpsons, like this was the 90s, so it was on like prime time. You're sitting on the couch watching the new episode of The Simpsons, and you look over to your wife and be like, hey, babe, you know old girl from Class Act? <laughs> sister Act. I'm sorry, I'm getting everything wrong. You know old girl from Sister Act? <laughs> like, she don't know your fucking group. You know old girl from Sister Act, right? <laughs> like, you got to break that, bro. Like, can you imagine breaking that news and it ain't even real? Bro. I would never speak to Lauren again either. Bro, this is better than anything Maury could ever produce, fam. <laughs> like, but I ain't even told you all of the curse. Like, okay, so that's bad enough. And, and forgive me, y'all, if it sounds like I'm just being hard on Lauren because this is a mutual thing. They both was just as wrong as could be. But I can see how that could rip a group apart. And then here, here's prize mediocre rapping ass just sitting there, <laughs> hoping that the check's still clear. Like this is a mess, bro. But dig this. I accidentally like stumbled on this information, bro. So I'd be watching ID Discovery, right? Okay. And I watched this. Uh, I watched this show. I think it's called like The Evil Next Door or some shit. And I happened to catch an episode about the the guy that directed the Killing Me Softly video. Have you ever heard about this nigga? <laughs> no. This is why I say the Fugees might be the most cursed <laughs> rap group in hip hop history. So the nigga that directed the Killing Me Softly video now. Killing Me Softly was not just a hit. It was a mega hit 
for those of y'all that might not have been alive or off the porch when this shit was out, like they won awards for this song and video. Like this nigga got a Grammy for that video, right? Yeah. Fam. <laughs> I had to look. He's got one of them like super Nubian names. So I'm not even gonna try to pronounce it right now. It's got like two Z's in it and a two. So I'm not even gonna try to pronounce this nigga's name. But <laughs> this nigga was like a musical producer and a director, and he worked very closely with the Fugees, right? Fam, I'm just going to give you a quick short synopsis of this nigga's episode on The Evil Next Door, bro. This nigga had, like, a, a wife that he was, like, holding hostage in his home, locking her in, abusing her, raping her, and all of this shit. But this would be a regular episode of this show. This nigga took it further than that, bro. The nigga had three daughters with her and started raping his oldest daughter nah. and having kids with her. Nah, that's next That's next level shit right there. That, bro, I've never watched a TV show and like I looked down and noticed my fist was balled up. Like my fists was clenched. Like I wanted to fight this nigga, bro. Like he was raping his wife and his daughter. So his daughter like gave birth to like three of his kids and shit. Like, and then like once his daughter started turning like 17, 18, then he started making plays for his younger daughters, bro. Like this nigga was fucking- yeah. He You're was nasty. a fucking sicko, bro. Yeah. And he directed Killing Me Softly. <laughs> and it's just like, how are we supposed to watch this video now? Like, this shit is ill. Like, y'all Ign- think, y'all think R. Kelly getting sentenced on May 4th is, is bad, bro? Try watching Killing Me Softly now, bro. Like, just yeah, do your I research. Think, I don't think I want to watch that no more. And that, of course, Man. you already know, I thought about old Sylvester first. Yeah. I was about to be like, hey, like, he doing too much. He about to catch that one count of racketeering and seven counts of goddamn trafficking. Solid. I just saw on the news that he got well. The they found him guilty, and his sentences is, his sentencing is coming yeah, in he May. Ha- he, hasn't been he sentenced might not yet, but out. like I don't think he ever getting out, fam. And like it made me it made me instantly say like di- like I literally told my wife like this is gonna be crazy twenty years from now to hear like the updated R Kelly story about him still. I say it's gonna be funny when we get the interview, the truth interview. He gonna want to tell his story at some point in time. Like yeah, at some point he about I to think get sentenced to forever. You tell you truth, and yeah. we go, we gonna get the R Kelly Tupac interview. He gonna be chained to the table. It's gonna be great. I can't <laughs> Jesus wait. Jesus Christ, it's gonna be great. So, uh, so we're never getting the R Kelly versus ever. Like if it if it wasn't apparent before, it's it's set in stone now. The R Kelly yeah. versus Chris Brown is never happening. But. <laughs> Uh, who who you got in the versus versus with the Fugees, bro? Um, color me bad. I don't fucking know. Like, <laughs> I like color I me bad. <laughs> color you know me who bad. I have? I have in a versus the Fugees versus Brand Nubian playing very softly, softly in the background while I go to sleep. Yeah, because that's about <laughs> what it's good for. I got them playing softly in the yeah. background while I got yeah, the covers. That's on that's, that's absolutely what it's about. For sure, so, but like uh, they they've been successful so far. What they had one show, everybody showed up. I think they were like slightly late, maybe. I, I can't yeah, remember full details. Late, not but as like, late as they could have been. Not as late as they could have been because Lauren, you got fucking obligations now, bitch. You're not doing that fucking shit. But like, for sure. Ho- hopefully, all things go well for them on tour. Yeah, I actually, I actually wish them luck. Like, if you would have caught me before I listened to the score, <laughs> I would have a lot more negative shit to say on this. Podcast look at look at look at what an album can do to somebody's uh, attitude towards somebody. That's crazy. But see that if I could pat myself on the back, that speaks to my consistency. Because to me, it's always it about does. The music. It does for sure. It's always I mean, about the music. We always me. circle back around to that here. Like, yo, fam, I said that about Ja Rule last week. Like, fam, like I was Team Ja Rule, but when the music starts sucking, like shit, I gotta. Yeah. You say you a gangster. If the, if the, if the music is right, hitting. bro, if the music is right, almost all is forgivable. Yeah. Almost. 
Yeah, for sure. Yeah, almost. Oh. Almost. Oh. You don't... <laughs> Speaking of forgivable the music, bro, uh, you know I'm still Team Umbrella, so I got I, I to gotta talk to you about this. Uh, okay. How are you feeling about Tory Lanez's new album coming out December 1st called Alone at Prom? It is going to be a 1980s, 1980s. music concept album. Um, I'm interested. I'm interested. I can say that Tory Tory scares me sometimes when he does these things, um, okay. because I feel like he has the opportunity to really hit, or he has the opportunity to miss. But that's concept albums, though, right? It it is. But like, I ain't even gonna lie. Like, if he giving me any of that like scat vibe, because he broke out the Thriller, Michael Jackson, and the scat video. So if like if that's where he at with it, I kind of want to hear 12, 15, 18, 22. <laughs> Look at like my that. niggas' numbers. I mean, because that's how, they put, that's how they put projects out now. You never know how many you're going to get. You might get yeah. 12, you might get 16, you might get Especially 22. Especially with a nigga so like, like him. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So he, like, he might give you a lot. So like if he, I, I, I really, I want to know what kind of bag he in. So I'm definitely going to listen to it. And like, you know, we, uh, I, I think we've notoriously, you know, not kept up with it, but we've said something about it since it happened. But like, seems like your boy is free and clear of all charges out here in the world, fam. And it's like, and like, it it just seemed like everybody kind of like want to forget about it for whatever reason. Like, I don't, I don't feel like Meg talking about it no more. Maybe she heard what we said the last time. Like, sis, you just got to be quiet. Like, do niggas want to forget about it or are niggas like me and they just don't trust Meg as much as they thought they did at first? I mean, it could, it could be a mixture of both, but at this time, like when it comes to shit, like what's taking so long about this? Did the nigga shoot you or not? Like it seems, and I feel, and I feel like like easy and, maybe, and maybe I could be wrong in saying this, but like I feel like she says that nigga shot me, but like she never be like, yo, at Tory Lanes, Daystar, fucking Williams, whatever his name is. Yeah, she's never said Daystar shot me. She said that nigga shot me. Who? Who are you talking about? Who's like that nigga? we got to get to the bottom of it, and now everybody's just. Back singing and dancing really, on stage all merrily. I, so like, I honestly really do believe that the this is again a theory. I believe that the gun went off. I believe it was somebody close to Tory whose gun went off, and I think the reason why Tory ain't never told us specifically what happened is because I think Tory is being stand up about a nigga and his entourage that he gives a fuck about. Because I think I think if Tory gives the real whole story then it could cause one of his mans to go down in due time. And I think he don't want that. I think he's like, listen, I got enough money to keep just not saying nothing and let this thing fizzle out. If I say I didn't do it, he did it, then now my man's got to go sit down. At this point, it's just turning into a really like awkward game of fucking... Uh, what, what's What's the dinner game? The the murder dinner game? It's like, yo, it was three of you motherfuckers in the room. One All of right. y'all had the pipe. Somebody got shot. Two like, four. who shot this bitch? It was only three of y'all here. Who shot this bitch? For sure, it's turning into hip-hop clue, bro. So anyway, I really don't want to talk about that again. I, I'm excited for the potential 80s concept album by Tory Lane. Of course, all of y'all know I fuck with Tory Lanez. I think he's immensely talented if we take the news and headlines away from it. Sometimes he's funny. Sometimes he's not. All of that shit is hit or miss. Now, But his talent is non-arguable. It it is non-arguable, but you definitely hit a nail on the head on that. And I actually meant to, like, text you about it a few weeks ago and tell you, like, yo, it's just something about Tory that still, like, exudes corny. And it upsets me at times. But because he's so talented, I can overlook it. And, like, it made me so sad that I was going to have to say that to you. I just deleted it all. And I, and I, <laughs> I 
Okay. So it's okay. so stupid. Like and like even like looking at him with the with the re hairline is like, God damn it, why didn't you just keep the bald head? See, but this know? is this is see this is why I fuck with Tori though, bro, because I give me bald Tory Pauls any day, right? Like I prefer bald Tory over new hairline Tory. Now new hairline LeBron is better than bald LeBron. But for some yeah. reason, Tory's new hairline don't quite look just so right. And then, like, you want to know what really but, pissed you want to know what really pissed me off? And one of those last videos that you sent me, he was out there excited about the shit, and he made it a point to jump in that fucking pool with that hairline. Yeah, like you don't need. That. And I was upset like that he felt the need to do that. Yeah, you don't need that. <laughs> but like with him doing this '80s concept album, now he's got like a Jerry curl on. Did right, you see the Jerry right. curl on the album the Jerry artwork? That makes me excited. Like, okay, I don't have to look at your weird hairline. We got a Jerry Curl going. Like, I, I'm already digging the vibes. I ain't heard a single track, but just based on the cover and the promotion he's given us, I'm excited for it. Now, I like concept albums. Yeah. I like concept albums. So I understand, though, I'm with you 100% that a concept album can be hit or miss. Sometimes you get 808s and heartbreaks. Sometimes you get rebirth. Right. Sometimes you get uh, easy, breezy, beautiful thugger girls you could get sometimes you get prototype and you know fucking love below it these are concept albums Mm -hmm. but i prefer a talented artist to try something rather than play it safe you know what i really want i want a concept album from drake i ain't gonna lie to you i I, do too i I think it'd be i think it'd be fire but i think it'd only be a fire r&b album like he'll have to he'll have to do but like drake gotta understand like that that could be the he could do the r&b and the features like we don't need anybody else to probably rap on that you could probably do both of that all by yourself just straight straight r&b but like what i really want tory to do and i think like it'll make him a hit with a lot more people like he gotta turn the auto tune down Mm. Like at the, at this point, I think it t- like bit. you you hear like you hear him, but you can hear that auto, and it's like fam, you, he's one of those like T Pain, like you don't really need it all the time, fam. And I think T Pain has like found his pocket with it, you know what I'm saying? Where niggas know that's his shit, and we respect him for that. But like, to like not only is Tory proudly using it, he's like leaving it very high. Yeah, he's he's leaving it turned all the way up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so you remember when I like told you? Eight, ten years ago, that Drake needed a line dance, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we're on to this about we're on to something again about this Drake concept album because as we're talking about it, I'm getting the idea like what I need from Drake, and I'm going to tell you, and hopefully Drake hears this. What <laughs> I need from Drake is I need Drake to go into like a Universal Studios gift shop and get one of those hats with the dreads that come attached to it. <laughs> I need Drake to get one of those hats with the dreads that come attached to the inside, put it on, wear like one of those all holes shirt where it's like, what's the point of even wearing a shirt with it's the mesh shirts holes. for sure. Mesh, like one of them shirts that's made out of basketball nets, you know, yeah. <laughs> I need him to do that. I want him to lean all the way into it. I don't want it to be goofy. I want him to be like straight edge about it. Like he's being dead serious. And I need him to call it Canadian rhythms. And that's R-I-D-D-U-M-S. Okay. I need Canadian rhythms. I mm. need eight songs. All Patois. All Drake. I mean, he could definitely get his kill Edward on if he wanted to. I don't know this why he's is- never, like, chosen to take this path and, like, do some shit like that. Because I think it would be me. dope. He ain't I talking mean, to me. True. And, true. and he, look, this is what would make it super fire. I got all the ideas, bro. <laughs> 
Don't even release it under. Don't release it under Drake. Like make a alternate. That's what I said. Like you got to get your kill Edward on. Yeah. Like you gotta. So he, you he gotta needs to not be Drake. Whitley. Not be Aubrey. Not be none of that. Like you know, even if he goes Champagne Poppy, that's even still a yeah. Little that's too. Yeah. That's too much. Yeah. No. But no, no, we no, need no, Canadian rhythms. Yeah. Now you gotta Canadian do rhythms. like niggas didn't know that J Cole and Kill Edward was the same person for a long time. Like the internet had to uncover that. Like mm-hmm. so he he definitely got to come with a. He got to be like Memphis or something. Like, now nah, that's probably still a, a dead giveaway, but like, yeah. he got to be a, a bastard child or something like that from all the raps. He talked about his dad never came mm-hmm. and picked him up. Like, he got to he gotta figure something out that. that he can he, definitely put need it that. out. Just give me Matter of fact, song. if he just make bastard child and put a seven in between, that'll make him a new artist. Because like, mm-hmm. he's not the six great. guy, he's seven. He's not the six guy, he's seven. A, see, I hope Drake listens to this because this could, like, we laughing, but I give me eight of these. That's an idea. So I absolutely have to talk to you about this before we run out of time, right? Mm -hmm. Have you seen Balenciaga's $1,200 sagging sweats? With the the draws on it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For those of y'all who don't know, Balenciaga has released sweats and slacks and jeans (laughs) that that have like what appears to be the top of boxers stapled to the inside of the pants to make it look like you're sagging your pants, even if you're not. And of course, some of the internet is in an uproar because this is cultural appropriation and they're nasty for this and they're mocking black people and they're selling it at a $1,200 price point. And then that's how you know niggas ain't going to be able to resist. So as soon as Yo Gotti wears them, <laughs> it will be a thing. And uh, I don't know if by the time y'all hear this, that the internet will decide that they're woke enough to get Balenciaga to take these off shelves or not. But it was all funny to me, to be honest with you. Like the fact that they would even like make these in charge what they charge for these. It made me laugh. But my question to you though, Wes is where do you think these Balenciaga boy shorts rank amongst all the egregious fashion choices that we've seen over the years? Like when Gucci, when Gucci gave us the blackface ski masks, or remember when Adidas gave us the uh, My Pet Monster Slave Shackles? Yeah, shoes? yeah, yeah. Like, nah, this... Where would you say these rank? Like, this, does this make you mad at all? Even? Nah, this 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 doesn't make me mad because this is not. Um, I think they I think they make shit and target shit like this to idiots. Like, yeah, yeah. there is not a black person on the face of planet Earth that would even if they wanted to spend the twelve hundred dollars, had twelve hundred dollars, they'd be in Balenciaga all the time. Like, I can guarantee you, if they pulled all their fucking analytics on that item, no niggas bought it. Yeah, I mean, that ain't nothing but a white girl that looked like Kylie Jenner that's buying that and wearing it. On a makeup run, like you know, See, what I'm saying that's what she's wearing. Like to get the her Kylie Jenner's done. wearing them and shit, and then yeah, you know like, she's going to try to give us the Leah vibes while she's yeah, saying. like no, yeah. th- no, it's not, it's not even like, and they be getting out of hand with the fashion fam. Like that's not fashion. That shit's just ugly, bro. Like <laughs> uh, again, like all you motherfuckers sat in a room together and was like, "Yep, that's," the, and then they're like, they were like flannel fucking boxers too, weren't they? Who wears those? <laughs> like those are hot nuts. Those are hot nuts boxers, bro. fam. That is, you're about to. It's, uh, you're about to stink, bro. And like, flat the fuck you out. still wear draws under the draws? I'm pretty sure you have to because I don't the think they're, they're not. Me? They're not full draws. They're just That's the top pieces 
uh, fucking safety pinned to the sweatpants. So I still got to have draw. So you still got to have real draw or not. I mean, you know, your prerogative. <laughs> you whatever know you want to do. I used to just not wear draws. Go commando. I feel like my uncle used to all the time. Like, I remember. You feel like he did or you know that he did? Like, I mean, did. I know that he did. I've seen him on way too many occasions where you can see the <laughs> nigga's uh, pelvic, where you see his hip bone. And his, and his ass crack. Yeah, he I said, don't I don't want to see your V down in your stomach, fam, because not yeah, only do you not got on draws, you don't got on no belt, and your pants is too big. Like, I'll I never forget, fam. My uncle came and stayed down with us for a little bit, G. And this is like still when I'm like a, a young jit nigga. I had bunk beds, G. And this nigga came down and he was sleeping on the bottom bunk. And I just never for, forget getting out the top bunk that morning and coming down and seeing this nigga sleeping butt ass naked. And it's like, bro. Bro, you over I'm somebody's like, house. Like, I get it, you staying here right now, fam. But like, I'm not even still there. Company, I'm man. not there mentally yet, bro. Like, yeah, you wet, and it's like a sheet. Like, you ain't even got a comforter down there. You just got a sheet, and you just out the sheet. Like, because like, even if I can't see your naked ass, like now I can see too many outlines. Yeah, or too many stop, things. stop drinking, bro. Like, put the, <laughs> get a fucking belt. Like, I can't take this shit no more. Like, you gotta stop drinking. Bro. You gotta stop fucking drinking. But like, I don't know. <laughs> that, that's definitely one of those is i don't even know where to go from there yeah but like, like <laughs> i don't fucking know that shit is all out of pocket man everything is out of pocket i hate <laughs> it here um i was i was surfing the fucking youtube and like i don't know if you know but youtube like gives you shorts now and the shorts are mainly just from tiktok yeah and i weird. caught like bro you know niggas in jail is making tiktoks Niggas in jail is doing the most, actually. I hate it here. I want, when like, I say I, making TikToks, I don't mean just like posting short no, videos. Like, yeah, no, they're making, they're making skits full from videos. Jail. Like, yes, bro. Where don't is, make skits, bro. Where's the fucking CO? Like, y'all need to take these niggas' tablets and these niggas' phones. It makes you want to tell, don't it? Yeah, like, this is one of those. Like, jail need to go back to being old fashioned, fam. Like, when your niggas go away, they got to call you through the 1 800 collect number. Like, I'm, I, don't, I, I don't know if I want to see a nigga in jail no more, fam. Not that I'm saying that. Like, do away with JPay. Like, Go back to you got to hear the lady on the other end of the phone say this is an incoming phone call from an inmate at a correctional facility. Because it's Would too you like hard to miss you when you putting up skits. That, yeah, you putting up skits, but like, yeah, like nigga, you got a, I got an iPad. I'm free. You got an iPad. Like you, I don't want you to call me on Facetime, bro. Like I don't want to see the inside of jail. Like and see, I gotta I, be I'm happy to see you. you. I don't want to see the inside of jail. I got to be honest with you. Seeing them have luxury items is not what makes me want to tell on them because. Honestly, them having an iPad and me having an iPad don't bother me. What bothers me is when the skits are bad. Like, <laughs> bro, you got 23 hours to sit in this box. You know how much time that is to think? Do you know how much content we will put out if me and you just had 23 hours see, this to is, work on our Right, podcast? this is what I'm saying. This is why I feel like y'all ain't supposed to have the 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 format that y'all getting these videos out on, you feel me? So, like, somebody got to shit this phone out of their ass for the four hours that y'all know the CEO not going to come around, and y'all got to hurry up and do this within a small time frame. That's why it's terrible. And, again, like, I just want you niggas to go back to not having this technology and being <laughs> locked away in jail where I believe that you are actually rehabilitating yourself and not in here turning the towels into terry cloth shorts like i don't give a shit that's that's what you th- used your time to do inside of the jail bro like and, do and some productive don't outside wrong. don't get me wrong i'm sure your terry cloth shorts are exciting for y'all like that's gotta be exciting for y'all it's gotta but be but you have to understand that we don't care <laughs> like you have to understand that we don't care like, i don't want to see this on my phone yeah that's, that's two magicians pulling a rabbit out of a hat for each other it's like wow <laughs> like I, I, what do you want, fam? You made uh, shorts out of a towel. Congratulations! Like get out of jail, fam. That's what you're supposed to be doing there. I don't like that, and I also don't like when they like hotwire the stereo and they make 
their desk turn into bro. a flat cooker. Fam, I was about to say, did you see that? These niggas had a whole flat top, bro. It's something about seeing an inmate caramelize Fam. onions that really pisses me off. I watched a nigga create a whole fryer on a video. Like, that this nigga was mad. in there frying french fries, cuz. And I'm like, where is the CO? I see all these fucking billboards up. Y'all can't be paying COs. Y'all can't see, be treating everybody them properly. Everybody's That's what I'm saying. Y'all you know, can't be like paying them properly. For the whole unit. Yeah, <laughs> nah, these niggas are frying french fries in they sale because there's a fire. There is smoke coming out of here. I know you smelled the french fries, bro. All over you the gotta floor. be sitting down you at the desk. you sliding around. Is it? No, you smell french fries? But let's be, let's be empathetic, though. Imagine that you're the CO and you only working with one other person for the night. And you got your feet up on the desk. The lights are low. You playing fucking uh, number munchers on your phone. And you start smelling fries cooking. <laughs> Do you get up? Yes. I'm not getting up. I'm, I'm going to get the fuck. Fam, you're upstairs. Unless I start seeing flickering from light because there's a fire. I'm just going to let them fries cook, bro. I'm not uh, out of here. Code 57. They are frying french fries on the third tier. <laughs> not quite sure what sale. That's right. <laughs> Yeah, now you you got you got to get up for the safety of the prison, fam. Like, what if you start a fire in here, bro? Like, this is how do you explain that to the ten o'clock news, bro? I felt like a nigga had broke down like some wave grease too. That's what he was frying his French fries bro, in. Right Remember what this if, nigga? Had. Listen, if you put my oritis in some sporting waves and some melted down sporting waves, bro, I'm a. <laughs> <laughs> how long? How long do you have to be in jail before you can you just can, taste past the sporting wave? You can only put crinkly fries in the sporting wave. See what I did there? You see what I did this there? This has been God. I wanted to podcast longer, but there's no way we can't stop right there. This has been the dipped in butter program, man. We appreciate y'all listening each and every week, man. Please, please remember to subscribe, like, comment, leave us some stars, tell a friend, promote. Send us an email, dippedinbutterprogram at gmail.com. Uh, get excited, as excited as we get excited about doing this shit each and every week, man. My name is catcatandcrunch.com. Uh, most importantly here, like I just said, each and every Tuesday, uh, wherever podcasts are consumed. I don't even know what to say after that, bro. <laughs> yeah, I'm a, I'm a piggyback off my nigga. He just said, give us some stars. I like that. So make sure y'all give us some stars because that sounds like an appropriate uh, take from the Dipped and Butter program. It's your boy, Wes No T, a.k.a. Elmer Young, the motherfucking goddamn glue around this bitch. We play a partner, P-O-D-N-A, at Forever Young 89 on Instagram. Fuck with me, though. Yes, sir. Hey, I had meant to, like, change my uh, sign-off a couple okay. of weeks ago. And I yeah, you did say something about that. Yeah. I was going to change it to, uh, the universe is too big for your little ass problems. Ooh. That's okay. encouraging, right? That is That's encouraging. That's my new shit, bro. Because, like, when I start feeling like my anxiety start to peak and shit's going all wrong and shit around me, I start, like, looking up at the sky and realizing, like, bro, this planet is small as hell for real. Now, bro. like. Is- is that is that you being a man and diminishing your own problems? Are you suppressing your feelings still? We'll have to, we'll have to dig deep into this next week. Maybe this next might be week. a problem statement. It's like fire to say out loud, but this might be a problem statement. <laughs> Maybe next week, if I remember to say this again. And that is the truth. Uh, number one rule, tell a friend and tell a friend. Uh, not only that should your homies not be frying shit in jail, but that they definitely shouldn't be using Murray's to do it. Um, <laughs> and number two, uh, God damn, what do I usually say? Oh, mind your fucking business. Yes, sir. And definitely ignore that smell coming from Cellbot 8. We'll catch you next week. You've been listening to the Dipped in Butter program with Kat and Wes. 
join them next week for some more regular, degular shit.